Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season two, episode five of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Kill or Be Killed. This is a crazy app. I mean, we are really getting it hit out of the park early in this season two. So much is exciting. I just love it. I love it. So as always, I will read The Vampire Diaries wiki synopsis. Tyler learns more about the Lockwood family curse from Mason. Stefan and Damon argue over how to handle Mason. Elena tries to keep Jeremy from becoming more involved with the Lockwood mystery, but Jeremy makes an effort to hang out with Tyler. Mason gives Sheriff Forbes some startling information, leading to a night of violence, confession, and heartbreak. Heavy on the heartbreak, for sure. I know. Tell me about it. It's a rough rough episode for our favorite characters. We open the episode with a flashback, but not the flashback we're used to, 1864. No, no, we're just going back one year, and we're going to Florida. In Florida, we see Mason at a bar, and pretty quickly you saw this was going into a bar fight scenario. Yeah, I was pretty thrilled that that guess turned out to be obviously correct. I mean, he's in a bar, he's paying his bill, and there is a guy just dogging him. I mean... Some guy stares at him, and so when Mason goes out to the parking lot, this guy follows him, gives him a shove, and Mason says, hey, Jimmy, so we know he knows him, and he's like, you're really drunk, like, let's get you home, and Jimmy says, I know about you and Merla. So Jimmy has it in his mind that Mason is sleeping with his girlfriend, Merla, and he fights him, and surprise, surprise, Mason tries to calm him down, but the anger gets the best of him. He shoves Jimmy to the ground and he hits it with a clunk and a pile of blood. So he pretty quickly uh, dies. It just hit it just right. Yeah. Look at the draw. And you had a theory. Yeah, I very quickly in this was like, oh, Jimmy's compelled. He is under compulsion right now. And I'll give you some reasons why I thought that. Sure. I'd love to hear them. One, because he clearly had no evidence that Mason was with his ex-girlfriend. And the way that Mason responded was not the way of like, well, I am sleeping with her, but like, how did you find that out? It was very much like, why on earth would you think that? That's insane. And I'll just call a little parallel. A parking lot shove really brings us to mind Carter when we were seeing him compelled to fight Tyler. It just gave a lot of that same energy. It felt very much like compulsion to me. So who do you think compelled Jimmy? Catherine. Okay. I feel pretty solid about that. I mean, we don't see her at this point, but by the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about new information about Catherine when we get to the end of the episode, because I obviously have some questions about that, but we'll get there. But this is also notable because we get a firm timeline on really when Mason became a werewolf. Mm -hmm. And it's only a year, so he's very much a baby werewolf. So he has just figured this out, and he's not in any means, you know, an expert. There's only what, maybe if it's been a really busy year like 15 full moons i thought there was one a month yeah but i'm saying some months have two like maybe it's not exactly a year maximum he's gone through 15 full moons it's 12 to 15 but either way either way it's not that many to really have his setup really controlled so who who knows what he's been up to but he's he's a baby werewolf is the point of it so then we go to present day where mason is telling tyler the story we just saw and tyler said wait he died Me too, Tyler. Yeah. Mason says he wasn't sleeping with Jimmy's girlfriend, but he wouldn't stop. He was drunk and... Yeah, he just wouldn't stop fighting. And Mason killed him accidentally in self-defense, and it was enough to trigger the curse. We can see in Florida, once it happens, his eyes turn gold, and he 
his face has a little wolfiness to it. Yeah, and he definitely <laughs> is like kind of shaky and a little it's something is happening. something happened. Yeah. And Mason says every full moon he loses it. He has to chain himself down and sedate himself or he'll kill everything in his path. And he wants to make sure Tyler is careful because even an accidental death, no matter what the circumstances, means a lifetime of being a werewolf, which is not good. I understand he has to say this, but as you said when we were watching this, it's not like that hard to not kill someone. Like, I understand accidents can happen, but like, it's just crazy that he has to be like, you just can't kill anyone. Like, was Tyler planning to? I, it just is a lot. Then Mason says, okay, I answered your questions. Give me that moonstone, baby. Because that's clear. It's the deal they've struck. Tyler says, I'm not sure, but I have like a hiding place in mind. And we, the audience, know that hiding place. And we are sure that Tyler found it there. So that's a little weird for us. Yeah, it's pretty clear that Tyler isn't giving him this moonstone at this point. Obviously Mason doesn't know that, but I love it because Tyler doesn't lie. He's not like, Oh, it's in here or it's, I haven't found it. He's like, I have an idea for a hiding spot. And he, he did have the idea. He just checked it already. And it was there. Yeah. So he (laughs) opens the floorboard, opens the safe and he lets Mason look around. And while Mason is digging in the safe, Tyler says BTW, why do you want it? Yeah. And Mason says, how many times do I have to tell you sentimental value? And Tyler says, I don't really buy that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if he was like, I'm not going to tell you what turns you into a werewolf. I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to give you that information. But he's willing to give that information for a stone that he wants for sentimental value. Um, it's not clicking, Mason. Yeah. Mason says, do you actually know where it is? And Tyler's like, I told you I had an idea. Yeah, Tyler says, I figured it would have been in there. He did figure it and he found it. He just left off the second half of that. So then we go over to the Gilbert house where Elena is obviously catching Jeremy up. They know that Mason's a werewolf, but they're not really sure about Tyler yet. And Jeremy said, oh, that should be easy for us to figure out. And Elena's like, um, I'm not hiding stuff from you, but you are not involved in this. And Jeremy's like, um, okay, I'm going to ignore that. He says, um, I literally have a Gilbert ring. I'm a Gilbert. So yeah, I'm involved. He's like, also, I don't know if you know this, but me and Tyler are actually kind of closer friends than anyone else is with him yeah like i might be the best connection to tyler at the moment he's not a popular guy yeah and jeremy's like i really want to help and elena promptly ignores that and goes back to her room where stefan has snuck in in broad daylight she closes the door they kiss hug excellent hiding plan with the curtains open yeah (laughs) i mean not that Catherine is like standing outside watching it but like she could be i mean But who am I? And Stefan says, like, oh, are you ready for today? So we can surmise and they tell us as much that they're basically planning a fake fight to make sure Catherine thinks she's winning because they know that Caroline's going to report back to her. She's having a very hard time knowing that she has to fight with her boyfriend and that Caroline is pretty much like working against her. And Stefan says, honestly, keeping up with this ruse is the best option we have. And Elena's like, you know what? I just don't want to fake it, but it's fine if we are together. And they come up with an annoying code. Stefan says, if he says, I can't do this anymore, he means I love you. And if Elena says, fine, Stefan, whatever, she means I love you too. Okay. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Here's the thing about multiple fake fights. Even if they're fake, you're yelling at each other and they have to come from somewhere. Even if you don't think it's the truth when you plan the fight, if you're fighting long enough, those lines are going to get blurred. 
It's a very dangerous game to be playing. Stefan's like, oh, here's the script for a fake fight. You accuse me of caring about Catherine. And Elena's like, do you care about Catherine? <laughs> <laughs> why am I accusing you of that? Yeah. Why would I be worried about that? And Stefan's like, well, well, now I'm worried. Yeah, it's just it's going to plant seeds of doubt if you're doing this no matter what. So this is a dangerous game. I mean, luckily, they pretty much give up this plan by the end of the episode. So. <laughs> So then we check in at the Forbes house. Liz is out of her share of uniform. She's in her weekend clothes and she's like gathering boxes and stuff. Caroline comes in already pretty antagonistic. They talk about how they're going to the Historical Society volunteer picnic. Caroline signed her mom up to go, but assumed she would be busy with work and bail on the whole thing. And Liz is like, no, I want to spend the whole day with my daughter. And Caroline is like, oh, now you're going to pretend to be a mother. Obviously, their relationship is rough. Yeah, their relationship is rough. And there are parts of it in the beginning that feel kind of like jokey about like, oh, our relationship's really bad, but like, come on, we got to do something. But by the end, it's very much like just antagonistic. There's some intense hurt in this relationship and we'll unpack this relationship over the course of the show quite a bit. It's not getting any better currently. Yeah. But it doesn't start strong. Yeah, Liz basically says like, I just want one day I've been in work mode. And Caroline's like, yeah, you're always in work mode. So whatever. Caroline's like, that's not really my problem. Like, you can stop that. And so then Liz asks why Elena was there so late last night. And Caroline's like, Elena wasn't here. And then immediately she catches herself because obviously it was Catherine. And she says, oh, um, Elena's going through a rough patch with Stefan. So she wanted to talk about it. Liz says, you know, is everything okay? You seem really different lately. I notice more than you think. Caroline's like, fuck you, and leaves pretty much. Because there is something different and she does not want Liz to know. Exactly. So then we go over to the park where the historical society is giving back to the community by cleaning up a new public park that was donated by the Fells. Sure, enough information for me. Yeah, we get all this information from Carol Lockwood, who is at this perk volunteer day in a body con cocktail chair. She said, uh, no, y'all can dig. I'm the mayor. You know, she <laughs> drove over there to do this speech and she went right back home. She's like, I'm not staying here. Yeah, she's like, okay, you're welcome. She said, this is not for me. She said, this is more of a Liz Forbes job. Yeah. <laughs> Mason is unloading a truck and Stefan goes up to him and he says, hey, I would really love to apologize. And Mason is not having it at all. Yeah, because, you know, his brother did just stab him. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan's like, look, Damon acted impulsively. I'm the nice one. Great good cop, bad cop routine. Yeah. He says, look, if we're at each other's throats, someone is going to get hurt. So I want to offer a truce. And Mason's like, you know, what's funny is that's the exact offer I offered to your brother who didn't take it. So no, thank you. Yeah. Mason is not responding to that. He's like, look, I was going to do the peace thing. And then your brother tried to kill me. So we're kind of beyond that. And so Mason says Damon should watch his back. So Stefan sees playing nice isn't working. So he changes his tactics. So he says, yeah, um, Damon will watch his back. But I'm guessing he really only has to watch his back on a full moon. Otherwise, you're not as strong. Am I right? And Mason says, gulp. <laughs> and he says, because if you were as strong as you are on a full moon, you would have killed Damon by now, but you haven't. So let's reframe the picture here. There's two of us and one of you. So actually, I think you should watch your back. Well, and let's be honest. It's a lot easier for a vampire to kill than a werewolf. I mean, Mason is capable of snapping a neck, I'm sure. But the vampires can do it a lot faster. Yeah. 
if Mason knew that Stefan was a little bit weaker than Damon, it, the smart move would be to kill Stefan right now. But also, like, snapping a neck won't kill a vampire for good. So, yeah, you have to stake a vampire to kill him. So that's really the only thing he has. And he can't sneak up with a stake. They're watching out for him. And Mason's easier to kill because you don't yeah. need a stake. And you don't even need silver. Yeah, you just need a gun. <laughs> yeah. They can find a gun. Yeah. <laughs> And Mason is shook by Stefan's bad cop routine. And I am also shook in a sexy way. It's very hot towards me. Yeah. Every time Stefan gets really mean, I'm like, oh, maybe he is hot, which I I won't even go into psychologically what that might mean for me. But I do love it. And you can tell Mason was like, wait, you just said you were the nice brother. (laughs) Yeah. So Mason shakes Stefan's hand because what else can he do? And Mason says, if he comes at me and Stefan says he won't. So Mason walks away and Damon immediately appears over Stefan's shoulder and says, what are you up to? And Stefan said, I'm negotiating peace on your behalf. Now, Damon wasn't interested in peace being negotiated. And Stefan says, call it opposite day. What a comeback from Stefan. He just finished third grade and he learned something new. I'm obsessed with it. And Damon's like, it's kind of dumb of you to think that a handshake solves this problem. And Stefan said, oh, I totally agree. That means nothing. Mason is going to stake us the first chance he gets. So thank you for that, Damon, because we don't have anything else to deal with. Yeah, which is a point. I think it at least scared Mason away from trying to kill them. But in another way, it made it worse. <laughs> yeah, it changed Mason's plan and not for the better for the Salvatores. So then we go over to the grill where Jeremy is reading in a booth and at a high top table, Tyler is sitting just on his phone, but it's not a smartphone. So what's he doing? I don't know. And from across the grill, we see guest star Myara Walsh of Corey in the House fame. Also a brief work on Desperate Housewives as a truly crazy girl. She's checking out Jeremy and she says, when did Jeremy Gilbert get so cute? And then her friend turns around. It's the return of Amy Bradley. Vicky from The Good Place. We saw her in an earlier episode. She has a crush on Matt, but hooked up with Tyler. We all know who she is. And Amy Bradley calls Jeremy damaged goods, which is a little rude coming from Amy freaking Bradley. More than anything, I would not be wanting to get involved with Jeremy because his girlfriends do be dropping like flies. Yeah, think about it, Myara, or as she's known on the show, Sarah. So Jeremy approaches Tyler and he's like, hey, how have you been? And Tyler's like, since when? And Jeremy's like, I don't know, since your dad's funeral when I last talked to you. And Tyler's kind of being a dick. So Jeremy starts to leave and Tyler apologizes immediately. He's like, look, it's a bad day, bad month. You were really cool at my dad's wake. So thanks so much. And Jeremy's like, I really relate to it. So they're having fun. Tyler's kind of trying to distract himself. So he invites are two girls, Amy Bradley, Sarah, and his new best friend, Jeremy, to his house for margaritas, since his mom is emceeing this event at the park. Gone all day, quote unquote. Yeah, since his mom is at the salon and saying she's at the park. (laughs) And, you know, I love a little double date for these two boys, my two little boyfriends. Yeah, doesn't go super well. I like the spirit of it. So then we go over to the park and Mason calls Liz over pretty much immediately after he finishes his conversation with Stefan. And he says, hey, I would love to talk about the council. And she says, I don't know what you're talking about. And he says, "Okay, there's obviously a secret council. Yeah, he's like, Liz. (laughs) And she says, well, then you would know that I can't talk about it with someone who's not on the council. And he's like, 
Okay. I'm not on the council because I wanted to leave this town, not because I don't believe. I know vampires exist. Matter of fact, I know two vampires specifically who exist, and they're right under your nose. And her curiosity gets the best of her. She says, who? And he says, Damon and Stefan Salvatore. He's like, okay, fine. I can't kill y'all, but I can snitch. But I can arrange a hit. Not the worst plan. I mean, it's getting more people to kill him. He doesn't have to do it. It really almost worked. Would have worked in so many cases. It would have worked if not for Caroline. I don't know if he didn't know Caroline was a vampire. He didn't think about it, whatever. I honestly think he didn't pay that much attention to her. And then when like she came out, he was like, oh, so she's a vampire. But like, she's so young, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I think he once again, underestimating Caroline Forbes. Liz immediately doesn't believe him. She's like, look, I know Damon. He's my friend. He's done a lot for this town. He's on the council. I've seen him kill vampires. He's an ally. Yeah. And Mason says, can you think for a second? When did the attack start? When Damon and Stefan came to town. And that's a really excellent point. So she says, "Mm, but they do walk in the sun. And he says, they've evolved. They figured it out. He's like, it's not 1864. When I love it because they still don't know how they walk in the sun. That piece of information stays hidden. Like, they know that they can, but they don't know what the thing is. Like, Liz doesn't know she should, like, take off their rings, you know? Yeah. So that's handy. She doesn't want to believe it. She's like, Damon is my friend. So Mason is like, okay, let me prove it to you. So then we check in with Caroline and Elena, who are doing some, like, painting or whatever. Caroline's complaining about her mom wanting to be involved in her life, specifically because she's really trying to avoid her mom right now because she's a vampire. Yeah. Caroline's like, so I was a bitch, which is par for the course with us. And Elena's just not listening. (laughs) Yeah, Elena's already in performance mode. She's already um, in her moment before in theater terms. (laughs) Caroline says, so what's up with Stefan? And Elena says, he's been pushing me away to protect me from Catherine, and I can't change his mind. And Caroline says, well, you know, Catherine is dangerous. Maybe he has a point. And Elena's like, I know Catherine's dangerous, but it feels like giving up, and I just thought we were stronger than that. And Caroline's like, hmm. Caroline's like, wow, I'm really too good at this, huh? (laughs) She said, I don't know my own strength. <laughs> so then Damon approaches Liz and he's like, hey, what were you talking to uh, Mason Lockwood about? And she said, oh, um, nothing, whatever. And she looks very much scared of him. Like you can read that she is stressed in this yeah. situation. And he offers his help for the cleanup, but she's acting weird. And so he's like, hey, are you OK? You seem upset. She smartly says like, oh, I had a fight with Caroline and it's really been getting to me. Then she walks away and Damon clocks the weirdness, but he doesn't really know what to do with that. I mean, it's just as believable that she would be stressed about Caroline. Yeah. Caroline's probably acting a little weird since she transitioned. So that's not crazy. And Damon has no reason to think that she would suspect him because she hasn't in all this time. So Damon's not convinced anything's wrong, but he's keeping an eye on the situation. So then Caroline and Elena remain painting and Stefan is, I don't know, sawing some wood and they're looking at each other. And Caroline says, uh-oh, longing looks are being exchanged. Elena goes up to talk to Stefan. And Caroline says it's a bad idea, but Elena goes anyway. And Damon approaches Caroline after Elena's left and says, hey, what's Elena's problem? And she says, don't worry about it. And then Damon says, hey, can you not be such a bitch to your mom? And she says, hey, don't worry about it. She's like, hey, back the fuck up. I'm trying to listen to something. (laughs) So Caroline like walks away from Damon, but is clearly eavesdropping on Stefan and Elena. And so is Damon. Elena asks if Stefan still cares about Catherine, which we don't have time to unpack all of that. He says, don't do this. And she says, oh, so we can't discuss this. And Stefan says, 
I'm not saying we can't discuss it. I'm saying we can't discuss it right now because there are ears on us. Cut over to Damon and Caroline, who are barely trying to look busy. Yeah, they're standing right next to each other, which why would they be doing that? They are not friends. And Caroline, that paintbrush is not touching any wood. It is yeah. just moving up and down. Yeah, And I love it. I love an eavesdropping shot like that, you know. Lots of fun. And Elena's like, no, I want to have this conversation now. I saw Catherine. It's like we're the same person. How can you hate Catherine but love me? That's a real question, Elena. Yeah, that is an actual question that if I were Elena writing out this fight, I'd be like, I do actually want to know that, though. Like, actually, now that I say that, that's an interesting question. Stefan says, I'm not Damon. And Elena says, let's not bring Damon into this. A fun little spice they added to the script, but ultimately dead giveaway. Yeah. (laughs) Stefan says he can't do this anymore. She says, whatever. We'll remember that's their code. Very annoying. So they say, "Mm -hmm." say, I love you. And she walks away. And Damon turns to Caroline and he says, relationships are all about communication. And Caroline's like, because she doesn't want to like admit she was listening. And so she follows Elena. So then we go over to the Lockwood house where there's a nice understated party going on. The girls are dancing and not particularly sexily, just kind of dancing. They're just kind of shimmying. They've got their little cups. I mean, and good for them. Amy thanks Tyler for inviting them. And she's like, you know, Sarah has a thing for Jeremy. And Tyler's like, cool. I was like, what makes you think I care about that even a little bit? Yeah. And she says, hey, I'm sorry that I slutted it up with you at the swimming hole. I'm really not like that. Can we be friends? And he's like, "Okay." He's like, I honestly don't really care what you're doing. I just wanted someone else to hang out with some not by myself. Yeah. He's like, I'm just here because it's sad if I'm drinking margaritas alone. So I didn't care that you're here. I'll say this. This is not the world's best double date, but it might be above the. Stefan, Elena, Caroline, Matt, double date. Oh, it's way above that. At least these people are having fun. Says a lot about Matt. It's all relative. So Sarah grabs Jeremy's sketchbook and she wants to see it. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, he's (laughs) like, we don't need to open that. And Amy and Tyler are like, oh, sure. Yeah, let's check it out. Tyler says, what's Van Gogh got going on? Great line. And Jeremy's like, okay, if you all want to see it. And it is just drawing after drawing of wolves. Yeah, and Tyler is like, Hmm, interesting, interesting, interesting. I was like, why is it all fucking wolves? What the hell? And Jeremy notices that Tyler is uncomfortable with it. And again, Jeremy knows that there's a suspicion that Tyler's a werewolf. So he's kind of sussing this out. It seems that Jeremy kind of came here to get some werewolf information from Tyler more than anything. And so he's like, okay, great. This will, you know, open that door a little bit. I see Tyler's reacting to it. So he must know something. Yeah, I think his plan was to see if he could get some, but he didn't really have a plan on how he was going to do it. So this kind of fell into his lap in a nice way. Yeah, this worked out pretty well. And Tyler's like, what's all this about? And Jeremy says, oh, just some sketches. Do you still draw, Tyler? And Tyler says, sometimes, you know what? Actually, I just need to show you in the other room. You want to check it out? Yeah, he's drawing in his dead father's study. I'm so fucking sure. Yeah, so he takes Jeremy to his father's study and the girls go get more margaritas because they really don't care about sketches of wolves, queens. I'm sorry, if it were me, I'd be like, what's Tyler drawing? Maybe it's something other than fucking wolves. Yeah, I would be the opposite. I would be like, there's nothing that's going to make this man less sexy than me seeing he draws wolves. (laughs) Depends on the drawing of the wolf for me. So Tyler pulls Jeremy in the study and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty amateur hour. It's on the desk. Check it out. And Jeremy goes to the desk. He's like, there's no drawings here. And Tyler closes the door behind him. Tyler immediately pins him against the wall. And he's like, why are you drawing wolves? Which if Jeremy didn't know about werewolves, this would be a very weird conversation. Yeah, it would be like, um, I just think they're cool. But Jeremy immediately owns up. 
he says he knows. And Tyler asks, what do you know? And Jeremy says he knows what he is. A misread of the situation, but effective in getting more information. Yeah, because Tyler's like, well, I'm not really anything. But clearly by you saying that, you know some good amount. Yeah. So we go back to the park. Mason is having some lemonade as Damon approaches. And Damon says, hey, I heard you talk to Stefan. And Mason says, yeah, he's really nice. And Damon said, yeah, he's nicer than me. And Mason says, well, nice is overrated. You have a good day. And he leaves. And Stefan checks in and he's like, hey, um, I hope you were just being nice. And Damon's like, I have a question for you. What's with all the fake drama in your relationship? Yeah, he's like, why are you guys faking fights every fucking day? And Stefan's like, "Mm, fake? I don't, what? And Damon's (laughs) like, look, you and Elena don't fight and you certainly don't fight about me. He's like, look, I'm not fucking dumb. He's like, my bit is that you guys talk about me all the time, but I know you don't. Yeah, he's like, I actually wish you guys fought about me. So this is obviously not true. He said, I want it too bad for it to be true. Yeah. And Stefan says, drop it. And Damon does because he's gotten all the information he needs. And he takes a little sip of lemonade, but he gags. Yeah, this little girl gives him lemonade. And he said, oh, thank you, sweetie. And And he gags and he chokes. And we see Liz notice. And he says it's for vain. So now we know that Liz got her proof. That was the proof that Mason was mentioning. Yeah, he says the the trademark for vain. Yeah. <laughs> I do love because, you know, the Founders Council had like no Vervain for a while. And now they just have Vervain coming out their ass, it seems. I mean, which good for them. It's useful. So then we cut over to Elena sitting like by the river alone. Caroline approaches and sits with her, asks if she's okay. Elena says no. Caroline suggests maybe it's for the best. Elena says no, like really angrily. But then Elena apologizes for taking it out on Caroline, who is just being a good friend, obviously trying to guilt trip her. And it works because Caroline's like, I'm not being a good friend. And they're about to have the conversation about Catherine that they have later in the episode. But then Caroline notices her mom is leaving. Liz is on the phone and she's like, yeah, I need backup. It's going down, baby. She essentially, you can tell in the conversation, she's like, yes, I need you to get wooden bullets and stakes. Yes. That is what I'm asking for. Caroline comes up and she's like, hey, what's wrong? And Liz is like, oh, I have to do a work thing. And Caroline is upset, but she's like, you know, I'm surprised you lasted longer than five minutes. And Liz is like, I'm sorry, but it's really important. And Caroline's like, it always is. And Liz does leave, as promised. But Caroline can sense that it's like something's up. It's not just a work thing. Both Elena and Caroline pretty clearly can tell something's happening. But Caroline a little more so. So we cut back over to Damon and Stefan. Damon is drinking some water and he's like, I am going to kill Mason. And Stefan sits him down. He calms him down. He's like, hey, hey, calm down. And then Stefan says... I don't like it, but he's making threats and he could expose us. So, yeah, we do need to kill him. So, yeah, you're right. He took some time to think rationally and he came to the same conclusion. And lucky for them, Mason is walking into the woods by himself at that very moment. As if he's luring them into the woods. (laughs) You, You know, your brother just got a little poisoned. You're not thinking about that. Yeah. So they see him walking into the woods and they follow him. And then we see Caroline and Elena going into the woods also so they can overhear. Caroline has sensed something is up, so she's just going to eavesdrop and see if she can hear anything. Meanwhile, Stefan and Damon approach Mason. They say, like, you know, sorry, this is what it is. We'll give you a head start, but we are here to kill you. But before they can get any headway on that, they get shot with wooden bullets by the sheriff and 
her deputies. And they do not hold back. They each get shot like three to five times. Like it's yeah. not just one quick shot. And then they inject them with some vervain to really keep them down. Caroline has overheard the gunshots. So she's like, oh, yeah, we're in trouble. So we go over to the Lockwood house, check in with Jeremy and Tyler, who are kind of talking about the werewolf curse. Tyler asks how Jeremy knows about all this. And Jeremy smartly pivots some information to make it fit the curse. Jeremy says his uncle John left him a journal, true, from Jonathan Gilbert, where he wrote about the Lockwood curse that has something to do with werewolves. Not what he wrote about, but great cover. Very easy. Like, why would he know this? Where did he get this information? And he says, plus, Matt was attacked by a wolf on a full moon when Mason had just come to town. As the audience, we may or may not remember, the attack that Matt had was right when Caroline became a vampire. She kind of attacked him and they sold it as an animal attack. So smart revisionist history of Jeremy talking to Tyler, someone who notably doesn't know about vampires yet, and make that apply to Mason. Excellent work by Jeremy here, proving his value. Smart king. And Jeremy asks if it's true. And Tyler confirms that Mason is a werewolf, but he is not, at least not yet. Tyler gives Jeremy every single bit of information he has because he has no friends. So what else is he going to do? He has no one to talk to about this. And he wants help and he wants someone we can talk to. And he clearly doesn't trust Mason to talk to about all. Yes. So if Jeremy's here and handing him, like, I know this information, Tyler's like, great, I need to talk through some of this. Yeah. And Jeremy's very receptive and kind about the information. So Tyler tells Jeremy, the curse is triggered if I kill someone. So watch out for that. And Jeremy says, did Mason, like, come back to town to tell you this? And Tyler says, no. He had to tell me. I found out. He's not here for me. He is here for the Moonstone. Yeah, Tyler's like, I had to pry this information out of him. So mm-hmm. clearly that's not his reason. Yeah. So then we go back to the woods where Mason is leading the sheriff and the deputies with the Salvatore stripped over their shoulders to the Lockwood cellar. Liz is like, thanks so much, Mason, but I have it from here. I'm going to kill them, but you have to go. And he's like, no, I don't want to go. And she's like, I'm here as the council, not the law. You cannot be involved. And he doesn't want to leave, but he does. And he basically says, like, hey, don't take any chances killing them. And she doesn't intend to, but things don't always work out the way we want. Yeah. And then Caroline and Elena are in the woods. They're searching. They find the spot where they were shot. Caroline clocks the blood and she's like, "Okay, they've been here. And Mason approaches and he's like, hey, what are you guys doing in the woods? And Elena says, hey, you seen Stefan? And Mason says, yeah. I have seen Stefan. They know there's no secrets here. They all know we're all on the same page. Yeah, they all know. Everyone knows. He doesn't like them. Like, no one's wasting any time here. So she's like, okay, where are they? And he says, you don't need me for that. I'll let your friend sniff them out. And he references Caroline. And he turns to Caroline and he says, does your mother know what you are? So Mason knows she's a vampire. But he selectively left that out of the snitching Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Maybe he didn't know until this moment, but... They were at the barbecue together, even though they didn't really interact. So it's, you know, it's all iffy. But either way, for whatever reason, Mason did not snitch on Caroline to Liz. So Liz does not know yet. It's also very likely he knew beforehand because, I mean, look who he's hanging out with. Same person who turned to Caroline. Exactly. It's very likely he knew. So Caroline lunges at him to fight him. And he pretty quickly grabs Elena and he's like, I can snap her neck pretty easy. And his arm looking awful big around skinny Miss Thing. I'll say that. 
Yeah. And Caroline says, oh, I can take you. And he says, want to bet? And she says, actually, yes, I do. She said, hell yeah, you fucking piece of shit. And then as a matter of fact, she does take him. She beats him up pretty good. She doesn't kill him. She punches him. She throws him against the tree. She very much gets him down for the count to get out of there. Yeah, she doesn't do anything like crazy or out of control, but she's like, I'm just showing that I, I can beat you down very quickly. Her power. I'm I'm just in love with her. I mean, yeah. And so they go to the cellar and leave him on the ground, weak and beat up. And he kind of is like, okay, fair enough. He you, said, fair you enough. win this round. <laughs> she, she got me there. Yeah, he does know when to back down. So then, meanwhile, in the cellar, Liz turns Damon and Stefan over. Damon is kind of coming to. Stefan is still conked out, having a little nap. Yeah, Stefan is blacked out. And she shoots Damon in the leg. She says, if you answer my questions, you won't get shot. And so she says, how many of you are there? And he says, please. So she shoots him because he didn't answer the question. And she says, how do you walk in the sun? And he groans. And then she shoots Stefan, who is still conked out. He doesn't need that. There's no movement. It's just a little bump, you know. Well, here's the thing. I know she wants information and she feels betrayed that there are vampires hidden from her. And she wants to know if there are others. If you really want to kill these vampires, like they're out on Vervain, stake them right now. If she really wanted to kill them, I think that would have been the better path. Well, here's the thing. Number one, she wants to know how they walk in the sun. And she wants to know if there's other vampires. Because obviously, if they can hide from her, she knows there's other people. So I think it's important she asks these questions. Yeah. And I think she got ready to kill them at the right time. She just didn't. Didn't count on the other people. Yeah. And I think there is a level of emotion here that holds her back, as it does any of our characters. Emotion always gets in the way of a logical plan. In a way, I think she does want to drag this out painfully because it really hurt her feelings. So there's a part of her that wants this to be painful. She says she'll drag this out painfully. And he says, but you're my friend. And she says our friendship was a lie. She's like, that's why it's going to be painful. It is sad because she does feel very betrayed. She trusted him a lot and felt like he trusted her a lot. But she still wants to give him a little bit of mercy. She says, like, if you answer my questions, I'll kill you fast. But. He doesn't do it. Then we see Caroline and Elena running through the woods and Caroline arrives to the cellar kind of just in time to overhear her mom saying, he's not going to tell us anything. Kill them both. So they prep to grab the stakes. Caroline realizes her mom is killing them and tells Elena. Elena starts to run to the cellar and Caroline stops her and she's like, I can't go in there. My mom's going to find out about me. And Elena's like, whatever, I'm not a vampire. So Elena runs in. Well, Caroline, like, doesn't want her mom to kill her. Like, that's not a fun time. But Elena can just run in because she's not a vampire. At this point, if she knows about the Salvatores, who cares if she knows Elena knows? <laughs> Elena goes into the cellar as the stakes are being prepped. They make a little noise. The deputies check out the noise. And Elena knocks one out with a plank of wood. Pretty good move from Elena. And says, I'm not going to let you kill them. And the deputies push her and point guns at her. And the sheriff's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Then there's a whoosh and they're like, who came in with you? And we know as the audience that it's Caroline whooshing back and forth. She bites one deputy and uses him as a human shield as the other deputy shoots him. Stop shooting, other deputy. Yeah, that's your partner. Dumbass, you're shooting your friend. And <laughs> so maybe the deputy shouldn't be so trigger happy, a cab. Yeah. And then Caroline beats the other deputy up. I think she kills him. I think she I think she snaps up. one of the necks. Yeah. Yeah. I think the second one she snaps his neck. You know, she was moving really fast. I was like, maybe Liz won't be able to tell it, sir. Yeah. Maybe she'll <laughs> just kill him and leave. 
But then she comes out of the shadows with blood on her face and she says, hi, mom. And her mom realizes that Caroline is a vampire. Yeah, Liz is like, oh, what the fuck today? I yeah. mean, not a good day for Miss Liz Forbes. No. In the aftermath, the Salvators are coming to Damon is feeding on the dead deputies, but Stefan refuses to and says he'll be fine, even though he seems very, very weak. Caroline encourages Stefan to feed on the deputies and Elena says he said he didn't want to. Yeah, Caroline's like, I think if there were a time to break your diet, it would be now, King. Yeah, but as we know, it's not quite so easy for Stefan. Damon's like, well, this is really unfortunate. Two dead deputies and I have no idea what to do with Liz. And Caroline's like, well, you're not going to tell anyone, right? And she doesn't answer. And I was like, um, I don't really even want to make eye contact with you right now, babe. And Caroline's like, please, mom. And Liz ignores her. Caroline says, Damon will kill you. And she says, then just kill me now, dude. I don't want to be involved in this. Yeah, Liz is like, if he kills me, whatever. At this point, I would rather be dead. Yeah, she's like, I really don't want to have to make this choice either way. I'm really overwhelmed today. Yeah. She's like, I'm not mentally prepped to deal with you being a vampire. If he just wants to kill me, I'm so tapped out. I'm good with it. But Damon reminds her that she was going to drag it out painfully. And they beg Damon not to kill her. All of them are like, Damon, please don't do that. Damon says, relax. No one is killing anyone. And he turns to Liz and he says, you're my friend. And then he says, all right, let's clean up the cellar. Yeah, because he still cares about her. He always did care about her, even if he's a vampire, which is, you know, hard for Liz to see right now. But to contextualize him being a vampire doesn't make the friendship fake, even though that is like in her mind, very much a massive betrayal, which it is. It is a massive betrayal. It's not just in her mind. But it's, I think, less of a betrayal than she feels like it is because she's so overwhelmed by the vampire lie of it all. Yeah. The way that she feels about vampires, it is a massive betrayal. Yeah. I think she could come to terms with it more in the future. But we'll see. So then we go back over to the Lockwood house where Tyler is showing Jeremy the moonstone. Jeremy's holding it, checking it out. Tyler says it's a natural rock, but I Googled it. It's got a lot of supernatural legends around it. Mason really wants it. And Jeremy asks why he didn't give it to Mason. And Tyler said, because he wants it. He said, I'm a dick like that. Yeah, (laughs) just incredible stuff. He's like, "Um, he wants it too bad. There's a secret. And I love because he's like, oh, yeah, there's all these supernatural theories. Throw one out, Tyler. Throw me a bone. The girls bust in, Amy, Bradley and Sarah, and they say, you're missing all the drinking. And yeah, Amy grabs the moonstone. She's like, cool, this is fun. And she runs away with Tyler says, "Okay, let's not play with the rock. Tyler's like, "Um, don't run away with that. Please give that back. Amy very slyly passes it to Sarah. They're like joking around and Tyler's like, okay, it's not fucking funny. And so Sarah runs up the stairs and she's like, I want Jeremy to come get it. And Amy says, don't be a bad drunk. I think she's being a very fun drunk, Amy. Get the stick out of your butt. Yeah. <laughs> and Sarah's like, come on, Jeremy, come upstairs and get it. And Jeremy's like, I'm good. Thanks. That's so mean. <laughs> not even faking it. <laughs> yeah. So Tyler chases her up the stairs. They fight over the moonstone. And in the scuffle, she falls down the stairs and she lands at the bottom and she doesn't move for a minute. And Jeremy and Tyler look at each other like, oh, fuck. And then she wakes up and she says, fooled you. Girl, what the hell? Also, girl, what do you mean fooled you? Like, you did fall down the stairs. She's trying to reclaim it. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. And not only did I get rejected by Jeremy Gilbert, who just all of a sudden got hot. 
But then I fell down the stairs in front of him. I got to I got to reclaim this narrative. She's like, I've got a great way to make this not embarrassing. I'm going to fake die. I'm going to pretend I died. And they'll feel bad. I mean, insane choice. I love it. Big swing. You, you know, she went big, which you got to love because I'd fall down the stairs and be like, ha, 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 like trying to laugh it off and like tears would be coming out. Like I'd be half crying, half laughing, trying to play it off. So this might have gone better for her. I don't know. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Caroline has arrived with a suitcase for her mom. They are moving her mom into the dungeon while they wait for the Vervain to leave her system. They say probably around three days. And Caroline says to Stefan, you get some bunny in you? And he said, yeah, I'm good. Cuties. So in the dungeon, Damon is supervising Liz as she's calling out of work. She says, oh, it's a stomach bug. It came on really fast. I'll probably be out for at least tomorrow, probably a few days. TBD. What was the lie for the deputies missing? That's not important. They're not really people. (laughs) They have way too many deputies, so to leave and it's like oh yeah they just left <laughs> animal attack even though one it was shot like five times the, the animal got a hold of his gun and it just went bad the coroner said animal attack and they said animal attack they said yeah those are uh werewolf teeth yeah and he said what the fuck ever i don't care he said just forge my signature i don't even need to come in yeah he said don't show that to me So after she's done with the call, she gives her phone to Damon. He says, thanks. You know, this isn't the Ritz, but it's secure. I brought you a good thread count. And then once the Vervain is out of your system, I'll compel you to forget everything and we'll all be good. And Caroline's about to come in with the suitcase. And Liz doesn't know this. But at the same time, Liz says, can I not see Caroline? I really don't want anything to do with her. My daughter is gone. And Damon says, you're really wrong about that, which is really nice of Damon to kind of lay that groundwork and it's really hard for caroline to overhear because she's been struggling with that too it's like her worst fear she didn't want her mom to figure out she didn't want her mom to think that she's gone and that's exactly what her mom thinks and her relationship with her mom was already bad so this is not helping matters and that her mom would rather not see her for a few days and just have it you know compelled away rather than actually like trying to work with her that she would like literally rather forget it It has to be hard and it is nice that damon tries to you know, go to bat for Caroline. But I think he also does care for Liz and wants Liz to come around to the vampire side because- Because that's his friend. That's his friend and he wants his friend to care about him. But he also is like, you know, you should care about your daughter even though this happened. Because he knows exactly how his dad treated him after he turned. Yeah, so he doesn't want to see that happen again for someone when it doesn't have to. Caroline drops the suitcase and leaves. Elena follows. Stefan does too, but he stops at the fridge full of blood bags and he looks at it longingly. And Elena is like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, hey, how about you uh, put that down, buddy? And she says, hey, what's, uh, what are you doing in here? And he says, you know, Catherine drank a little vervain every day to build up a tolerance. Maybe I could do the same with blood and learn to control myself. You know, I had the same thought mid-season one and I got fucking dragged for it. So... We'll just see. And there was a reason because we all remember what happened when he had a lot of blood. He wasn't in a great place. Well, that's what's crazy is he wasn't really able to drink just a little bit at a time. So I don't know why he thinks he suddenly can now. Yeah. And Elena agrees with you. She says, you can't. You don't have to. The last time you drank blood, you got totally out of control. We all remember that. And then he says, no, but here's the thing. I almost died tonight because I was weak. 
and I shouldn't be getting killed by a vervain injection. And Catherine is stronger than me. And I need to be stronger to protect you from Catherine. Elena asks to talk about this later and she points at her ear, which means like they can overhear us. And Stefan says he can hear us wherever we are because he drinks this. And he points at his blood bag. So now they are fighting about Damon. And he (laughs) says, this is my only option. And she's like, wait, is this a fake fight or a real fight? And he said, this is real. That's the problem with fake fighting, because then if you actually have an issue, it's really hard to bring it up. Yeah. When it feels like this is something to work with Damon on, because it's hard to drink just a couple drops of blood a day if you were only given full blood bags. It's, it's there. You know it's there. So I think the best case is he gets a cup of his little bunny blood. Damon drops like, puts like a teaspoon in and he drinks that, the little, a little cocktail every day. Mm-hmm. Just an animal blood with a human blood floater. And I think that is realistic, but it, it takes a little more work. Like he can't just take like a little sip out of a blood bag every day. We've seen he's not capable of that. Yeah. And the difference between this plan and the last plan is that the last time he drank human blood, he didn't tell anyone he was doing it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he just said, mm, no, I'm not drinking human blood. That That's crazy. That's not what I do. He said, no, I'm just in a good mood, but you're crazy for thinking I drink human blood. Like you're in, you're actually being so crazy right now. Gaslighter. One well, is also different because Catherine drinking a couple drops of Vervain a day, like Vervain tastes bad. So she doesn't want to drink more. Like human blood tastes good to him. So limiting <laughs> it to a couple drops is harder than with Vervain. Yeah. Just logistically. So I, I think it could work for him, but I think it's going to take a, a little bit more planning than just like, a little sip from a blood bag or a hand, as we'll see. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit of um, discipline. So Elena storms off after their real fight. She goes up to find Caroline moping and she says, hey, do you want me to take you home? And Caroline says, um, I don't really want to go home because I'm scared. And she's crying. And Elena's like, oh, talk to me, queen. And Caroline says, cards on the table. Catherine will be there. She's going to be asking about everything that happened today. She told me to spy on you and report back to her. And Elena's like, I know. Yeah, Elena's like, I I did guess that. I did clock that. And Caroline's like, oh, my God. And Elena's like, and, you know, I've been so mad at you about it. But then I put myself in your position to understand why you would do that to me and to Stefan. And I realized, who did she threaten? Catherine threatened Matt. So Caroline's doing all of this for Matt. And this is so funny because Elena's like, I was so mad. And then I discovered empathy after like four days. Yeah. Okay, Queen. It's like, obviously, Caroline's not doing this for fun. Yeah, I think that they could have asked her this earlier, just away from Catherine, like, hey, Caroline, obviously, you're kind of putting some needles at me and Stefan, and we feel like there must be a reason for that. Yeah, but it all is out in the open now. Caroline tells Elena she's so scared of Catherine, and Elena says that they all should be. And it's very fair for Caroline to be scared of Catherine, because Catherine did kill her once. Yeah. And Caroline asks what Catherine wants. And Elena says, that's the million dollar question. So we go to the Lockwood house. Mason calls the sheriff and he's like, hey, just checking in to see how everything went. Please call me back. Mason, if it went well, you would have heard by now. Yeah. Which I think he knows. So Tyler comes in after Mason's done with his voice when he says, hey, so I almost accidentally killed a girl today. And Mason's like, what? One day? And he says, and for a split second, I hoped she'd die. And I don't want to feel that way. I want nothing to do with this curse. And Mason's like, yeah, I know. 
Tell me about it. That's what I fucking told you. So Tyler says, I found the moonstone. Here it is. You can have it. I don't want to deal with any of this shit. And Mason says, thank you very much, King. And Mason's like, oh, finally. (laughs) Mason says, I knew you had it, dick. He's like, so you were lying to me. (laughs) (laughs) So we go back over to the Salvatore house. Elena tucked Caroline in on the couch so she can go to sleep. Even though Catherine's been invited in, so is this any safer than Caroline's home? No, but let's not worry about that right now. But Catherine's been invited in pretty much everywhere at this point. Exactly. So, except Bonnie's house, and I don't think Bonnie's ready for a vampire sleepover quite yet. That's true. So we're kind of where we are. Yeah. So Damon comes in and he's like, hey, what's up? And Elena's like, I'm going home. And she starts to walk out. And then she turns back and says, what you did for Caroline's mom is the Damon who was my friend. And Damon is very happy to hear that. Damon is like, oh, thank fucking God that I haven't lost her forever. He, by protecting Liz and helping her, really helped Elena warm up to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little, little sprinkle of Delena. Just a little shimmy shake. A little Delena garnish. And while they're in this like open, kind of vulnerable conversation, he says, you should know that like Stefan didn't drink the human blood, but he needs to. And deep down, you know that. And then he leaves. So then Elena goes up to see Stefan moping, whatever room she's in. And she says, do you really think you can control it if you drink human blood? And he said, I don't fucking know, but I kind of have to try. I don't have a lot of other options. Um, He says the plan is I'll do a little bit every day, just starting with a few drops. And they both agree like it's worth trying. But Elena doesn't want him to do it alone, which is a good idea. So she picks up a letter opener and cuts her hand so he can drink. He has a ton of blood bags, girl. Like, I get the gesture, but you will never catch me cutting my hand for any man. Yeah, this simply couldn't be me. And also, not for nothing, the last time he had Elena's blood was what prompted the whole, like, little binge moment. So I'd be like, my blood tastes too good for you to handle right now. That's a God complex. You're like, my blood. Like, that's a God complex, perhaps, but... You know, let's warm up to my blood. Let's start with the Uggo blood in the freezer. Yeah, let's start with deputy blood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But she says, it's you and me always. He takes a little sip of her blood and then he stops himself. He breathes through the veins. They kiss. The veins go away and they kiss some more. Seems like a big win. Seems like a good omen. Only time will tell if this is a good plan. Well, and perhaps teaching Caroline about how to of the cravings helps him get back into the the mindset of what the actual steps are yeah you know because he'd been doing it for so long it's easy to be like okay i just have to not drink that much blood easy but now him teaching someone else how to do it when they're really hungry he has to be like, okay practically what does this look like if i'm going step by step and maybe that kind of helps him connect with that a little more so then we go into the woods where mason is approaching like a little sports car why did she drive this into the woods <laughs> First of all, it's a little black sports car. Before Mason came in the frame, I was like, oh, that's Catherine's car. I mean, there's no way. And then Mason came in the frame and I was like, that's weird. And then I was like, oh, no, Mason's working with Catherine then because that's Catherine's car. Yeah. Like, I was like, I know this for sure. So they get in the car. We see Catherine and Mason greet each other and she says she's been waiting. So we flash back to Florida one year ago, right after Mason killed Jimmy, where we left them earlier. And Catherine comes up and she's like, oh, my God, what happened? So Mason tells Catherine that Jimmy came after him because he hit on Merla. And Catherine pretends to be shocked 
and hugs Mason. And then like she smirks while she's hugging him. So we know she knows what she's doing. Yeah. She's like, why would he think that? And then she says, everything's going to be okay. She said, I need a werewolf on my side. Let's go kill somebody. (laughs) Then back in present day, Mason leans in for a kiss. And Catherine's like, what was the stunt you pulled with the Salvatore today? And he's like, um, I thought you'd be happy about that. And she's like, stay away from them because I don't want you getting distracted. That's not the real reason, but okay. She said, you need to find the moonstone. And he says, oh, I found it. And he shows it to her and they make out. This is the end of the episode. The biggest question is, does this change your theories about why Catherine is in town? I still don't know for sure what she wants. I mean, I think Stefan being there is a part of it. I don't think that's the only reason, but I just want to say, I think that's a draw. I think it's pretty clear what she wants. The moonstone. Well, yeah. But why, I guess, is more the question. The question that goes into this plan, because now we're learning more. We want to know why Catherine's in town, why she wants the Moonstone, and why she wanted Mason to be a werewolf for this plan. So do you have any idea why she wanted to turn Mason into a werewolf? The idea that we've gotten from a couple sources, although one of them being Catherine, let's point out, is that a werewolf bite is fatal to vampires. So even if you can fully control Mason... it's still a werewolf bite. It seems that, you know, I I just think it's interesting. This wasn't purposeful on Damon and Stefan's part, but Damon trying to get Tyler to fight Carter was a very similar path to what Catherine did to get Mason to become a werewolf. That's your theory that Catherine compelled Jimmy to fight. Yeah. Someone compelled Jimmy to fight Mason to turn him into a werewolf. If that's the case that Catherine wanted Mason to be a werewolf, I don't know why she wouldn't want Tyler to be one. But she's also notably not really giving Mason all the information because she is purposely trying to keep him away from the Salvatores. So I'm not sure what Mason knows about like how well Catherine and the Salvatores know each other. Do you think Mason thinks he's Catherine's boyfriend? Yeah. I'm not sure Mason knows that she dated either Salvatore. I don't think that's something she's offering up to him. Yeah. She's probably told him a different story because clearly she met him in Florida before he was a werewolf. Do you think he knew she was a vampire before he was a werewolf? Do you think he knows she's a vampire now? He must know she's a vampire now because I think she is the one who's saying the Salvatore's a vampire is Caroline's vampire. I don't know that he knew right away. How do you think they met? Well, I'm sure she hunted him down at like a bow or something because I'm sure she came to find him for whatever reason Mm -hmm. she felt she needed a werewolf. Yeah. And so you have no theories on why she might need a werewolf, need the Moonstone, or if those two things are even connected to each other. Do you think they both play a role in the same thing? So she had the Moonstone before, gave Mm -hmm. it to a Lockwood ancestor and now wants it back. I mean, that Moonstone is definitely spelled by Emily Bennett. That is one thing Catherine has is shit that's been spelled by Emily. But I don't know what it is for and why Mason would be willing to give it up because it must be useful in some way to being a werewolf. My thought was it was a way to like backtrack the curse maybe because they clearly do very much view it as a curse. But if that were the case, why would he just be like, here's the moonstone, Catherine? And then why would Catherine want it? If it's, if all it does is backtrack the werewolf curse, what business is that of hers? Yeah. And why would she turn someone into a werewolf to do it? You know, yeah. my other thought is it could be a bat signal for werewolves. And maybe Catherine wants a bunch of werewolves together for some reason. I don't really know. She's very hard to read in terms of what she wants. Mm -hmm. 
which I think is her goal. Yeah, because if she gathers a bunch of werewolves, it's pretty easy to manipulate like one guy into thinking he's your boyfriend. But to all those werewolves, someone's going to bite her on a full moon. I think if it were a full moon, she'd be like, I'm going to go. Y'all can get the Salvatores. Sure. But I don't think she really wants the Salvatores to die either. Yeah. So I, I honestly don't know is essentially the yeah. point of this. But she clearly wanted Mason to turn into a werewolf and wants the Moonstone. Do you think she wanted Mason to turn into a werewolf? Or do you think she wanted a person to turn into a werewolf? I think she was purposely picking Lockwood's. Mason, I'm sure, was easy because he was separated from the council and the family and Mystic Falls so she could sneak in. And he's not in town. Yeah, so she doesn't have to like work around that. And she doesn't have to fuck a 16-year-old who knows the girl who looks like her. And Mason doesn't know the teenager who looks just like her, so it's not weird that he's dating her. Although he clearly knows Elena exists and knows Elena looks like her because he didn't have a crazy reaction to seeing her in the woods. Yeah. So Catherine definitely prepared him for that. So I think she did want a Lockwood. I mean, it could be when we think about the past crystal that was supposed to be used to open the tomb that Emily had spelled and got its power from the comet, whatever. Catherine gave away this moonstone and now she wants it back. That's, I don't know why she wants it back. She was willing to give it away to save her ass in 1864. But now, you know, all those two vampires are dead. That ass has been saved. So the moonstone must have some other use. I did spend some time looking up moonstone crystal meanings. None of them were particularly useful. (laughs) A couple of the things that come up with moonstones, one, pretty obvious, it's thought to harvest the energy of the moon. Okay. Werewolves can use that. One of the things is harnessing the relaxing energy of the moon and the yin and yang, the light side and dark side of the moon. Okay. So I see it as a way to, you know, help center them in some way. That was my first guess, which was very much a very crystal type guess. Sure. But there's also this like healing and balance. There's this intuition meaning with moonstones, clarity of the mind. It's a lot of calming stuff is what I see from moonstones, which I don't really think Catherine would want a calming stone. I I think she's pretty happy with how she is. Yeah. So that clearly isn't the reason. There's some kind of spell that it's doing. I don't know what. I honestly don't have a guess. Well, you'll get your answer eventually. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Maybe I'll have a guess soon. I just have nothing on it. I'm, I'm getting nothing. Yeah, I find it hard to believe you'll have a guest soon based on <laughs> your um <laughs> your information today. Did you have a guest at this point when you were watching? No. <laughs> okay, I, I don't think so. I was just wondering if I was missing something really obvious. No, let me tell you, here's the thing. Knowing what happens, it would be very hard to guess. Okay. There's just a lot of moving parts that you would have to make a number of assumptions to get to. I was worried I was being stupid. No, you're not being too stupid. I mean, I'm always going to be a little stupid. I, that's that's a given. There's a lot of moving parts to what the Moonstone does and why Catherine turned Mason into a werewolf. It's very hard to put them together and guess what happens. Well, and Catherine's known about werewolves a long time, so she's had plenty of time to think about this. Yeah. Whereas everyone else is just figuring out about them. So there's all sorts of secrets that could be floating there about the Moonstone and about this werewolf lore because even Stefan and Damon have been doing their little research. They went to Duke. They still don't have that much information because Damon still thought silver was a thing. Yeah, they're going to get a lot from Jeremy, though, going forward, so that's helpful. 
my king jammy going to his friend i love jammy and tyler i'm obsessed with them as a a friendship that has been you know they've given me so little of it for me to be this obsessed with the two of them yeah that's the end of this week's episode as always, if you have friends who like the Vampire Diaries or who you think would like the Vampire Diaries, please direct them to the show and this podcast. And you can also show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. And follow along with us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast to keep abreast of the comedy and the fun and every new episode coming out. You don't want to miss a new episode. Exactly. That's it for this week. So we'll see you next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.